This is Docs in the Box podcast. A podcast about medicine, muscles, and more through the eyes of two physiatrists. I'm Dr. Amy West. And I'm Dr. Matthew Cowling. All right, guys, Docs in the Box podcast. We got uh, Jason Grubb with us here. I don't want to steal your thunder, Jason, uh, but Jason's doing a lot of cool stuff. He has been involved with CrossFit for a long time, actually uh, won the CrossFit Games in 2019 in the Masters Division. Um, so, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I did win the CrossFit Games in 2019. Uh, it was a uh, remarkable experience, actually. So I, I started my fitness journey when I was 38. Uh, people ask me all the time, like, tell me about your athletic background. I didn't have one, uh, really. I mean, I was I played little sports when I was a kid and I, I did gymnastics when I was a young teenager with hopes of going to the Olympics and then realizing I was n- never quite good enough to do something like that. So uh, in my 20s and early 30s, I, like I jogged here and there to try to not get thick because it basically felt like that was part of my future. I was going, I was headed in that direction. Uh, that was in my DNA at least. And uh, at 38, uh, honestly, I, I, it was getting cold outside and I, I hate running in the cold and the wind. I'm really a big baby about it. So I was just going to go into that hibernation phase where I kind of thicken up a little bit. A friend invited me to a CrossFit class and uh, I reluctantly went thinking like, I look, I, I know, I know how to get fit. I mean, I run, I run, I jog, I jog 10 minute miles, you know, and, and do that quite a while, quite a bit. But I went to this class and um, literally got destroyed in this CrossFit class by people that were thicker than me, that looked way more out of shape than me. I, and it was like light power cleans and burpees. And so they taught me how to do a power clean really quick and burpees. And it was this three round workout. And the coach said to me, it's like, Jason, it's okay. Let's just plan on two rounds. I'm like, nah, I'll be fine. Like I'm, it's fine. And like two rounds into this thing, I was so exhausted, so blown away at the fitness of everyone else and how unfit I was. Then I went six days a week for, I don't know, six or eight months because I was just mad that everyone else was so much fitter than me. Uh, And I got good. I I got pretty good. I found a sport that I'm really good at. Uh, Some things came more naturally to me, other things I really had to work at. And when I, about a year into CrossFit, I discovered that there's competition in this thing. And that was amazing. Like I could, I could go compete again as an adult, which was, I'm a very competitive person. I was competitive when I was a kid. And so it was really cool to be able to go compete. Uh, I did my first competition when I was 39 and I wasn't terrible. I didn't get last. So that was an achievement. Uh, As I moved into my forties, I opened my own CrossFit gym because I really loved this, the transformation that happened in me going from a thick, old guy to a a fit old guy. And I wanted to help other people do that. At the same time, I was aiming to be a competitive CrossFit uh, person at the time and um, tried to qualify for the games when I was 40, 41, uh, didn't come close either time. 42, I qualified uh, and was able to go uh, and finish third at the CrossFit Games as 43 year old, the year afterwards, people would say, oh, you'll totally go back to the games this year, right? they have no idea how hard it is to qualify for the CrossFit Games. It's so astronomically difficult. And I was lucky enough to qualify at 43, went back uh, and fortunate enough, 
that it, it just worked. I won the whole thing. Um, so started at 38, got healthy, started helping other people within a year, also have this hobby of the competitive side of this as well, which I just, I love the competitive side. And I also love helping other people kind of follow in my footsteps, going from a thick, thick dads is actually, that's who I work with. That's all the, the guys I help um, are just dad bods. It's a, a target market right there. Hashtag like dad bod. Um, I love having those guys like make this, this transition, follow some of the steps, the things I had to quit, the things they've got to quit, the habits that have to change. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I've been up to over the last few years. Uh, I have four kids as well. Let's throw that in there. It's one of these like bios like, hey, tell us about you. Oh yeah, I have a 22 year old, a 19 year old, a seven year old and a three year old and two dogs. And you're still doing it. You're a busy guy. <laughs> Quite busy. Quite so, busy. It's interesting because, you know, I think when a lot of people, especially when they're, when they're in their mid thirties, you, know, you think running is like an easy thing to do, right? Uh, at least people think so. You can just, you know, open the door and start jogging or whatever. And a lot of times you see people, you know, trying to get fit that way. But the idea for somebody of going into a CrossFit gym and looking at all these crazy movements, um, it, it kind of seems like there's a lot of barriers to that. So how did you deal with that? You know, I, I live in the suburbs of Denver. So um, the CrossFit gym that I was lucky enough to go to, uh, while it, they, you know, having owned a gym myself and, and gone through the process of, of understanding what a really good gym does to help uh, remove that intimidation factor and help teach people properly. I went to a gym that they didn't really teach you foundational things. And that was one of those sort of classic, uh, you could get hurt there type of gyms. And that most gyms are not that way. I just happened to pick the one that was closest. So went there. But what I did find was most of, most of the people there were around my age. They were you know, 35 to 55 year olds. So there was there was that. And I wasn't intimidated by all of the other people my age. Uh, I think the first time I was really intimidated was at my first competition where I'm competing against 20 year olds and they all move really well. And I'm still trying to learn how to move. Um, but I think, you know, for those of us that are 35 and above, um, you know, we just have to set the expectation that we've got a lot to learn when we walk into a CrossFit gym. Uh, I didn't know how to squat. I didn't properly. I didn't know how to squat properly. I didn't know how to deadlift properly. Um, Olympic lifts, like power clean, snatch, overhead squats. Like I could not overhead squat a PVC pipe over my head. Like that was not a mobility piece that I could do. Uh, and it, it, took, it took me a long time and a lot of patience uh, to get good. So, and I think one, a good gym helps uh, limit that intimidation by just everyone checking their ego at the door. They walk in, everyone's happy to see you. It doesn't matter what shape you are, what age you are, a good gym. And most gyms are like this. So just welcome. Like they're just glad you're there. Uh, and then a good support staff at a gym will take you through the basics so that you know when there's a workout that has 135 pound overhead squats, that doesn't mean you're going to do 135 pound overhead squats on your second week. It's just not there. And it's literally like almost proactively, you know, reached out to you before class, like, Hey, Bob, look, 135 pound squats. Don't worry about it. We're going to go PVC squats or front squats. I know you got a weird shoulder, like good gyms know their people and help take care of them. And that's, I mean, I think one of the reasons why you, you paid kind of a premium at a good CrossFit gym to be coached uh, properly, especially in this master's age group.
Yeah. And you said that when you started and you saw the other people around you, you know, these younger people moving well, that it made you angry that you weren't at that level. And I think there, that's a sort of a key decision point because I think many people in the same situation would get upset and decide like, I can't do this. This isn't for me. Whereas for you, you said, this makes me mad. I want to, I want to be better. Mm. So what's the self-talk there? What's, what's that conversation you're having with yourself? What is, how did you not become discouraged at that point? I've, uh, I've been a beginner at lots of things. So I think that was my, myself, myself talk there. Like I am a beginner. It's okay. I mean, I, I can't believe everyone else is so good at this, but I, I'm just a beginner and I'll get there. Um, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years now with, with multiple businesses. And I look back at the beginning of each business, knowing that, gosh, I, I made so many mistakes. I had so much to learn. I was such a beginner back then. And I could literally think about that with every business that I started. Uh, and so I think when I stepped into that gym, I did have that, uh, that, that humility, like I'm a beginner, that, that's okay. I am upset that I'm not as fit as all of these people around here. And I thought I was somewhat fit as a, as a runner, um, but, but that's okay. There's a lot to learn and I'm a beginner and I know I'll get there. I, I, I had enough experience being a beginner at things to know that, man, give me six months, I'll know how to do this. Um, I think about uh, the, the first videos that I created because I sold my gym a year and a half ago and now I do all online content. I remember the first time I held a camera up and, and tried to record a video of myself talking to an audience. And it was just awful, um, humiliating. And I think that this translates to being in the gym when you're just like looking around and you're slightly humiliated, you're slightly embarrassed because you're just such a beginner at this. Same thing holding a camera and pointing it at my face. Um, but just having that mentality that it's okay. I'm a beginner. I'm new at this. Um, wait till they see what I can do in a year or five years. Um, I think that's the, that's the approach that you just have to take. And also people aren't overly judging you. Like they know you're a beginner. You're not fooling anyone. So you don't have to pretend to be an expert when you walk into a gym. Uh, people aren't expecting you to be great. They're not expecting you to be fast. They're not expecting you to be first. Uh, and, that's, and that's a nice thing. Just knowing that, oh, no one's expecting me to be amazing at this right now. I am a beginner and I will, if she, this is going to sound weird, but on my first workout, I was literally working out next to a pregnant woman who was crushing it, by the way. And this was so mind blowing to me that I was like, well, I found out later she's pregnant with twins, which like doubled the humility required of me to just say like, what if she can figure this out, carrying twins, doing burpees, like this is craziness right here. I can, I can get there. I can get there. If she can do this, I can do this. She's got a bigger excuse than I do. Right. So you've obviously, I was watching one of your videos and you progressed pretty quickly. I mean, when you started, I think it was after the first year, um, I was watching a video where you were talking about doing toes to bar and the only movement you didn't have down at that point was like ring, uh, ring muscle ups. Mm -hmm. So how do you encourage people, you know, when they come in that, Hey, you might not progress that quick, but that's still okay. What do you say to people? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I did progress quickly. And, you know, when I talk about not having an athletic background, I was lucky enough to be a gymnast during some of those prime years of my teenage uh, life. And gymnasts, with regards to some of these magical movements like toes to bar and pull-ups and um, some of these things that make you look more advanced, um, you know, those just came 
This came easier to me having that as a background. And I would always try to find when I'm working with newer clients, try to find a bright spot or something they're really good at. So I was good at pull-ups. Like I could come into the gym day one, I could do one pull-up. Um, I don't remember if I could get my toes to the bar, but it, I could almost get my toes to the bar. Uh, so if I'm working with someone new, I'm going to try to find as quickly as I can something they're really good at to encourage them. You know, maybe they squat well. Like I've had grown men walk in the gym who, who can't squat. They've run their whole lives and just, they just can't bend their legs. And then other men come in and you're like, okay, so let's, you know, uh, put our feet just outside of our hips, turn our toes slightly out and let's push our butt back and drop down into a squat. And they're like magic. You're like, oh my gosh, this person's magical in their squat. And so I'm going to leverage that and encourage them in how amazing that particular squat is or whether they're good at just a standard deadlift move. Maybe they've got a really good core and they can keep their back straight. There's everyone has something that they're good at when they start out with. So I'm going to encourage that and focus on that strength of theirs because that, that's one of the things that hooked me into CrossFit on day one. Uh, they, they were practicing handstands or something uh, as part of the warmup. And as I, you know, being a gymnast until I was just in, a, in the high school, I could do handstands and I could still kind of kick up to a handstand. I would do a handstand maybe once every six months, but it was just something I could do. And I kicked up to a handstand and they thought I was like, they thought I was a God or they treated me like that on day one. Like, wow, no one walks in and does handstands. Okay, where do I sign? You know, like they stroked just enough of my ego. And so I think that's the best way to, to approach that, find something that someone's really great at, encourage that. And then, you know, offer them all kinds of patience, especially with other examples of other people around there, you know, Hey, Michael, how long did it take you to get a pull-up? Man, it took me six months. Awesome. Bob, hey, it took Michael six months, but he didn't squat near as good as you when he started. Um, in all good fun and all good playfulness like that. Yeah, and, so, and starting CrossFit in your you know late 30s, and you're saying that you'd sort of kind of fallen into a pattern. I think that's pretty typical of sort of a fluffy dad, shall we say? Very good. Um, and you know, and that's sort of the norm, you know, and that, and I'm sure you probably have more, you were at the time had more friends that look like that than who look like you now. Right. So, um, how did you, I guess, what did have, did you have any like health issues at that point, any kind of health scares, any things that sort of were, were an eye opener to you that maybe this wasn't the best way to be? I, I didn't have any specific health scares. No, I, I was, uh, I was just scared. Um, really, I was afraid. Uh, you know, my 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 mom is obese. Um, you know, my sister uh, is obese, and I just felt like if I wasn't careful, I'm going to end up like that. And by being careful, uh, I say that loosely because I was very undisciplined. Um, you know, I was uh, eating pizza multiple times a week. I was eating like crap. I was eating garbage. Uh, hoping that I could run and run and run and run in order to burn off the calories that I was taking in at night, drinking two, three IPAs a day, uh, at least. And, and every day, this, I didn't take breaks. So I was, uh, I was on my way to chronic disease, straight on. I was on the train going headlong in that direction and probably drinking more and more and more as my stress increased. Um, going forward, because it's, I feel like as I, if I ever felt unhealthy, 
and I would try to change my diet or restrict my drinking or try to quit tobacco, which I was using chewing tobacco at the time. Anytime I would try to do any of those things, it, my internal re reflex would be to double down on that. Oh, I'm only going to have like two beers tonight. Well, actually I had four, or I'm going to try to quit tobacco. I'm going to throw away that can and I'm going to buy two cans tomorrow. Or these were just kind of the internal responses I had. So not having a huge wake up call, I just felt like I was, I was sitting on a ticking time bomb heading in a direction and that made me scared. Uh, and it happened to be just the catalyst of this year it got cold and I got invited. The stars aligned for me to find something that, um, that I liked. I felt it was a great workout and I hadn't experienced a workout like that ever, ever in my life. And I think that gave me hope. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I think I'll do this. And I, I'm the kind of person that if I, if I kind of like something, I just go all in on it, all in. So that was, I tried it on the Monday and I was there every day through that Saturday, crippled sore. Absolutely. And it's, that's not the best way to start. That's not how we should start this thing. But I went all in uh, just thinking like, okay, here's my hope. I, here's how I get off this train. And I got working out um, prioritized. I was there every day at nine o'clock or 9.30, uh, every day of the week, every day it was open, I was there. And then over a couple of months, I started to change my diet, which certainly helped make me feel a lot better. Um, and then over a year or two, I stopped drinking beer generally. I mean, really kind of cut that out. Um, once I qualified for the CrossFit Games, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, that a CrossFit Games athlete doesn't chew tobacco, right? Like I had an identity shift. And literally with that identity shift, I tossed that can of tobacco out and had, I would never chew again. Um, it was really hard. I mean, it wasn't easy. It was a very um, physical response to that to quitting that. But um, yeah, it was just this initial all in on working out. And then that had a domino effect on cleaning up my diet, cleaning up habits that weren't um, in line with who I was as a person now, really having that identity shift. Why do you think that CrossFit was able to give you that response versus just running? So, you know, all the time you're, you're running, you're being active, but you still have all these negative habits. So how did joining the CrossFit community change that? You know, I, I think it was this, uh, the, the idea that <clears throat> CrossFit wasn't just, wasn't just a workout. And I didn't know that when I first started, I, I didn't know that. Uh, it, I mean, I didn't even know that in the first six months, I just was still an outside observer. I was going to class, working my ass off and leaving. But I, I started to notice that, you know, everyone there was, um, was talking about nutrition they're talking about they're talking about how they eat they're talking about you know fish oil for to help your joints and there's just conversations in this community environment that I hadn't been exposed to before and again that was one of my resistance to even starting CrossFit or starting any group kind of thing uh, as a solo entrepreneur for years I always just thought like I know what I'm doing I know best I don't need anyone to tell me anything um, and then I started doing CrossFit. And again, I was kind of like, I'm my own island here, but it just sort of seeped in. And I was like, everyone's talking about nutrition. People are talking about how they sleep. Who talks about that in a gym? Like, why does that even matter? Then when I decided to open my own gym, 
uh, I had to go get a CrossFit L1, uh, level one uh, designation. So it's a weekend course. And I go there and I'm blown away at the content that was provided in that week. I had no idea that CrossFit was foundationally nutrition built upon, uh, you know, that is a foundation. And on top of that, we've got conditioning. Then we've got gymnastics. Then we've got weightlifting. Then we've got sport. This whole thing made sense. Uh, it was sort of like when I was a teenager, I taught myself how to play the piano and I, I, I just learned to play by ear and I kind of understood some things. Then in college, I took a, a music theory class and it blew my mind that all of the things I learned on the piano are, they all have a purpose. Like when you study music theory, it makes the piano make sense. Like, oh, that's why that works. That's why all of this is orchestrated this way. Okay, that makes sense. And I had that experience having lived CrossFit and started to eat more healthy, feeling like I'm working my ass off in the gym. I'm not gonna go eat pizza and junk food all day and just and lose what I'm getting in the gym. But then going, taking the L1 and understanding like CrossFit is this whole methodology. There's a, there's a rhyme and a reason and a purpose behind all of this stuff. Um, you know, that got me. I was like, okay, okay. That's, I, I, it was a constant, constantly learning that I don't know what I'm doing. So until all of this was revealed. You said something pretty interesting there. So you said that you live CrossFit, that you don't do CrossFit you don't participate in CrossFit, that you live it. That's a very, that's a different, that's a mind shift that yes. happened, that happened to you at some point. Yes. Where you went from being something. And I think we, a lot of us start off that way. We go to the gym. Oh, we'll just do a CrossFit class a week, then just two. And then the next thing you know, you're, you're there all the time. <laughs> um, but how, how does that, how, when was that like that switch? It, it, it feels like it was on a, it feels like it was on a Saturday morning class where uh, it was much more, uh, community oriented on Saturday mornings. And just after the class, everyone's just kind of sitting around rolling out and, and, and talking. And I think that was when I realized like, gosh, this is, this is, this is a, um, this is why people call this a cult um, or this is, you know what I mean? It's not cult-like, but it was like, this is, this is um, community-like. Uh, and I had some background, like grew up uh, in church and stuff like that. So I had, um, at youth groups and it was community there. You're like, your friends were there. And it, it had this idea of like, your worldview was influenced by the people you hung out with. And that's, that happened again, literally at, at CrossFit and thinking about just Saturday mornings, hanging out with people after class, having conversations that you just don't have, you know, at, at Pizza Hut, um, for lack of better words, but like where, yeah, now we're talking about how we approach life, how we approach the world, how we approach our eating, uh, and, and even our, like our, our hobbies sort of change, like, um, instead of hobbies that are like, I, you know, I want to go see a movie. I mean, that's, that's still there, but like hobbies became much more active. Like I can go out and do whatever I want. So hobbies became like some people are going, you know, backpacking or, uh, or hiking or something. Let's, let's do that with them. Or let's, people are organizing like a bike ride and everyone's going to go on a bike ride on something. Like, this is a community environment. And yeah, I, I want in. Uh, and I think that's, it, it just sort of, it was like osmosis. Like I'm, I'm there and it's kind of creeped in. And then all of a sudden, this is how I live. And I, that was probably one of the reasons why uh, at that point I was like, okay, I've got to open my own gym. Like, this is great. I want to create this 
community. I, I love building things. I want to do this myself. And I, that was probably another switch for me that like, not only, and I do this, this is just kind of one of my tendencies, you know, fall in love with something, become active in it. It takes over my worldview uh, for the most part. And then I'm just going to do that now as like income, as a profession. And that's how CrossFit really influenced me. And it became sort of everything I do. I, I can't even imagine waking up, not thinking, um, okay, what am I going to have for breakfast today? Because I'm going to work out at like 10 and then you know, I'm going to have lunch and I'm going to work. I've got a second session at like four. Like, everything I do maps out around how I'm going to stay healthy. And it, even my productivity is still like, how am I going to be productive? And when am I going to eat and drink and work out and have all that work together so that I've got this nice um, lifestyle, an intentional lifestyle? Yeah, I'll always remember, you know, going to the gym on Saturday and, you know, when you're younger, you go there, you're a little hungover, you know, you walk into class and you say, oh, I was not drinking last night. And then somebody says to you, like, why were you doing that? Right. You're like, what do you mean? Like, you're not going to be able to work out if you're too hungover. And then you get your ass kicked in the workout and you think, oh, well, you know, what am I doing? And then you don't do it again. And you just learn from people that like, these are the healthy habits that I should have. And certain behaviors aren't really accepted here. <laughs> and right. so it, it, it really catches on. And then you bring that home and you tell people and people kind of look at you like, oh, like, what are you doing? But Right. Right. I can't eat this. I can't have pizza for lunch, guys. Like, I'm going to work out this afternoon. The it doesn't, it, this is a whole it, different conversation. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why would you could work off the pizza? No, I don't want to eat pizza and then work out. I've done that. That's terrible. Not doing that. So tell us a little bit about how you started CrossFit as an athlete. And now you said that that's kind of taken over your life. So you own a gym. I know you're doing a lot of cool online training stuff. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when I, as I started uh, becoming healthy and, and, and going all in on this thing. Um, I did have this harebrained idea. Like I, I would like to open a gym myself. And I accidentally looked at a property that was available and vacant um, about a year after I started CrossFit. And I couldn't sleep for a couple of days because my brain was just, I've got to do this. I have to do this. Uh, and I know my own brain that when it gets wound up like that, like there's no, there's no like escape key. Like I'm just going, there's no parachute. I'm in. And so I did. I, I mean, I, I went for it. I did not have an L1. Uh, I didn't have a CrossFit affiliation. And I signed a lease, negotiated with a guy that had some equipment in a building, signed a lease, uh, got my L, flew to California to get my L1 because I didn't want to have an empty building sitting there. So flew to California, passed the test, uh, applied for my affiliation, got approved uh, with the name and had a gym all of a sudden with no members. So I was literally just this morning looking back at like old photos. I have the first workout I did in that gym by myself. Um, really fun, like nostalgic memory, but I, I it, it was so slow. I, I was just a beginner. I think going back to the first conversation, like I was a beginner gym owner. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to train people really, uh, but I figured it out and I started to attract people to the gym. Interestingly, uh, in my past professions, I, I generally would attract uh, people that were similar in my age, demographic, uh, general lifestyle, attract them as clients in whatever I was doing. Um, I have a history of being a therapist, a psychotherapist, uh, then a wedding photographer, and then a CrossFit gym owner and, and now online trainer. So I generally would just throughout that entire time attract people similar to me as clients through that. And this gym was was no exception. I'm you know almost 40 years old. I'm attracting basically 35 to 
55, 60-year-old members, a handful of 20-year-olds, handful above 60, but generally like this bread and butter of people around my age that I just started to, to train. And it was fun watching this community take on a life of its own. You know, by, by the first year, I think we had 60 or 70 members. Second year, over 100. Third year, maybe 150, something like that. Just a, kind of a healthy standard, smaller CrossFit gym in a small town in the suburbs of, of Denver. Uh, but the community just took off. Like they, they, uh, they were able to just be CrossFitters and live that CrossFit life. They all did things together. They cooked and, and had shared recipes together because really we, we very much taught the CrossFit methodology in there um, with regards to nutrition, sleep, uh, accountability, and actually, you know, consistently working out. Um, after, it's funny, after uh, three and a half years or so, we were pretty tight in our little space with 2,500 square feet. So I, uh, there's no, there's no space available in Golden, Colorado. There's nothing, you can't rent anything except for the 10,000 square foot building that became available next door. So I took it and I gambled all in on this huge facility, had to outfit it, huge, beautiful facility. It was absolutely amazing and devastating at the same time. So, so expensive. Um, as a business owner, uh, I just bit off way more than, than necessary. Um, we could, not more than I could chew, but way more than necessary. And within a year, we were, we were really tight. Budget was really, really tight. And there was a CrossFit gym just down the road. I reached out to that owner, to that owner. I was like, hey, what if we, is there anything we could do to merge our gyms together? It's really silly. I could throw a football and hit your facility. I, mean, I couldn't. Someone else could throw a football and hit their facility. And uh, he was super interested. So we ended up merging the gyms. And, you know, my ideal situation was to be able to work outside of the walls of that gym, to work in a broader audience. And that merger allowed me literally to offload the entire gym. So it was a merger, but really I sold everything to him. And I was able to get out from underneath this huge load of a physical facility and start to focus on, on a, a larger audience. And initially I was like, I will just train anybody who wants training online because that's what you do. You start like, I'm just going to do everybody. And I realized like, that's not it. I tend to always train people just like me. And the people that ended up gravitating towards me as a trainer um, in any English speaking country, I have clients in Canada, uh, the U.S., the U.K., Singapore, Australia, South Africa, uh, they're, all just, they're all just like me at 38. Thick, uh, on a path, on a freight train, in the wrong direction. And they, they literally all, like the first conversation, it's really fun. I had this conversation with someone this morning. They can book a call with me for free anytime just to chat, to try to find what the right direction for them is. And the story is always the same. Like, you know, I'm drinking too much. I'm eating too much. I know I need to do something else. I've tried this and this and this. I've tried insanity. I've tried running. I've tried working out with some buddies. I've tried like back and buys and squats and whatever those things are. Like, I just can't stick to anything. I'm like, and I'm just letting them talk. I'm like, I know this entire story. You're going to love this. Like, I, I'm trying not to interrupt them because I know they're going to love because they're just like me. And I could identify that fairly quickly. And the ones that aren't like me don't schedule a call. And that's fine. Um, there's plenty of, plenty of um, for lack of better words, plenty of dad bods um, out there with kids that are just like, I don't know what happened, but this is where I'm at. I'm 20 pounds overweight. I don't like it. I got to turn around. 
uh, and that's where I've been um, fortunate enough in a quick enough time, especially during COVID, to be able to have the opportunity to start training people at home and get them used to um, getting healthy and fit at home. Some of them are going back to gyms, but they're not going back to gyms um, uh, uh, fluffy. I couldn't think of a right word, fluffy. Um, they're going back to their gyms like excited because they're fit. They're fitter than they've ever been. Now they get to go back to the gym and not start from scratch. A lot of them are enjoying staying at home. Uh, and it's been a challenge with COVID also to figure out how to create this community, this lifestyle without being in person. And I do use Facebook. I use a Facebook group that just like when I opened it, just like when I was in a, in a gym as a new person, or when I open a gym, you create this community and people just start to support each other and communicate with each other and start to live this lifestyle. They're posting in, in the Facebook all the time. People are posting like eggs and sweet potatoes and broccoli for the breakfast. And I'm like, that's perfect. This is exactly what I eat, guys. You know, um, they'll show the green smoothie they're eating. That's because I taught them this is the best green smoothie you can make with frozen spinach, strawberries, and protein. Like, whatever. Uh, the community uh, has taken um, a life of its own. And that's been really fun to see. And almost having COVID force community to happen because people can't go out and get together. So they're relying on this community. And now that becomes their lifestyle. So long answer. I went all over the place with that. Um, so I hope I landed. I hope I, I landed where we wanted to land on that answer. Absolutely. And one thing that I heard you say uh, that I think is interesting is, you know, people think to get started, they need something crazy, right? They need to go get like a trainer and start working at a gym or they need to get a nutritionist or whatever. But really to just get the basics, you just need to just focus on a few simple things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, most of the people that start with me, we start with body weight movements. Um, it's just a way to get moving um, for people that haven't moved. And even if they have been running or swimming or doing some sort of cardio or the gentleman I talked to this morning, he's like, I walk four miles on the treadmill every day uh, and it's doing nothing. Well, it's, it's not doing no It's better than nothing, way better than nothing. But wait till you experience the first workout. You will look at it and you'll think, oh, that's not that hard. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's um, the first workout that most of my guys do is 50 rounds for time. 50 rounds, four single movements, one rep of each movement. And we've got like a burpee, an air squat, a sit up, uh, and a jumping jack, something like that. And I can't remember the order, but it's everyone does it. Uh, and 50 rounds of getting down and up twice, actually, because you got the burpee, you got to get down and up, and you have to get down and up for a sit up. And doing 50 rounds of that, 50 rounds of one rep, it's not, it's not crazy. It's not, uh, it's not an insanity workout, but it's humbling when people, Everyone that comments about it uh, in the app that I use, they're like, wow, I looked at this. It looked like it was going to be really easy, but I got up and off the ground, up and down off the ground a hundred times, giving the two movements. Um, and that was so hard. I'm drenched. And that's it. All we have to do to get started is start moving our entire body. And then we'll realize actually, wow, this is fitness, being able to get down and up multiple times. Uh, and that's just day one, you know, by the end of, by the end of 30 days, they're crushing body weight workouts. And by crushing that, they're just, they're not struggling with burpees, not struggling with air squats. They're not struggling with, they're not overly struggling with anything they could do with their body. And it might be time at that point 
to start moving external weight. My goal is to never move too fast towards lifting something heavy because it's, it's not necessary at first. Eventually, it's great to start moving external objects once we've laid this solid foundation of conditioning and just being able to move our bodies because we haven't done that. I think about, for me, the first time I was taught to squat, like it was just, it was awful. Um, and I honestly, I, I, I was squatting in a CrossFit gym for a long time before I learned how to actually squat. It was at the CrossFit level one where I learned like how to actually push my knees wide to get to depth on a squat. And this CrossFit level one is weekend, you're not lifting any weights. You're, it's all just body weight kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I guess a couple like little workouts there, but I was so sore from figuring out how to squat with my own body weight. And I'd already been doing CrossFit for a year at that point. I mean, it's craziness when we learn how to move correctly. So yeah, I want my guys to move well, to be able to move their entire bodies well. Um, at the same time, most guys that are above 35, 40 years old, once they start moving their entire body, they run into old injuries. They're reminded like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I tore my rotator cuff in high school. That's back. Well, it's not back. We've just, now we've, oh yeah, remember? So we have to take care of that. Or, you know, I have, a, I have a weird neck because of a car accident or like my hip or I broke my leg when I was a kid. So we kind of get to navigate through that in the first 30 days because if they've had something historically, it will come up and remind them that uh, they haven't done anything since that particular injury to create the range of motion for that injury, especially as adults, we just sit in chairs all day. So yeah, we get them moving, then we add weight. Um, and it's, it's a progressive process. Um, without um, without training wheels. Like, I mean, that's why I like the first workout to be 50 rounds of these four single reps, uh, because it is a legit butt kicking workout. It will leave them devastated, but it's not craziness. They're not throwing a barbell over their head, but they are, they are working out. It's not playing patty cake. It's, we're not easing in the water. We are jumping into the shallow end of the pool and we're getting totally wet, but we're just not diving in like 19 feet deep. I don't know if that's the right analogy. And another thing that must, it's, I would imagine different in training people who are you know, older. So, you know, the, the average 38 year old has other things going on in their life. Um, you know, so unlike Matt, who's showing up at the gym hungover uh, on a weekend and spending, you know, half his day there recovering from that. Uh, <laughs> us uh, older people may have, you know, people have jobs, they have kids, they have, th you know, there's a million things they have to be doing. So I, I imagine a lot of your clientele, you know, are people who are like, I just don't have time for this because I have my, my life to do, I have to do things. So how, how do you adjust or how, how do you, manage that well that's the that's one of the fortunate things about um the the work that i do with my guys and you're you're absolutely right um 100 of them 99 of them are are very busy um busy lives they are uh they're the taxi cab for their kids taking them to and from everything uh they're working full-time and they they don't have a ton of time for this in fact often it's hard for them to commit the 15 minutes it takes to drive to a gym for an hour class and the 15 minutes home, that's an hour and a half of their daylight that they, they can't afford, they can't justify. Uh, and that's where, you know, one of my promises to them is they'll, they'll never 
from warm up to absolute cool down. They'll, they'll never be working out longer than 45 minutes. Um, they're in and out and done. And that's something that I think is, um, if, is very beneficial for them because it makes it so they're not trying to bite off literally more than they can chew. They're not committing to something they can't do. They can find 30 to 45 minutes in their day. Uh, and in fact, I have some clients who have hired me to hold them accountable. And here's how we do this. This is very much a, a grown man kind of tool. Like they know themselves well enough. So, so a couple of clients, they pay me monthly to call them three times a week, literally FaceTime, I, I FaceTime call. And when I call them, they answer and they've committed to being war to be warming up for their workout when I FaceTime them. So one guy actually upgraded. I call him every morning at 7.30 a.m. my time, every well, Monday through Friday. And literally, I sometimes I roll out of bed and FaceTime him. And I'm like, hey, Garrett, you know, how you doing? He's on his treadmill warming up for his workout. And it's literally for him. He was the first one that brought this idea to me. He's like, Jason, look, I've tried. I, I just, I've failed so many times. In order for me to be consistent, I need to know I would let someone down if I wasn't working out. He's like, can I pay you this much to call me for literally 10 seconds, three days a week? And now he's up to five days a week. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you, I, I can do that. Um, and it's fantastic. I get to see this guy's smiling face every morning or you know, Monday morning this week. Um, I caught him in the car driving because he drives to his office to work out, take a shower and then get to work. So he's like, I'm here, I'm here. I'm, I'm literally pulling into the, pulling in. I'm, I'm getting my workout done. And, you know, another guy has me call him Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m., my time. And I literally have an alarm that goes off. Oh, I got to call Jason. His name is Jason. Um, and it's, you know, adults, we, we, we have to, like, like our, our software is, like, hardwired in. It gets harder to change as we get older. So we almost have to, like, find hacks and ways to get this done. Like, for me, um, I stopped drinking. I was, during COVID, I was drinking more wine boxed wine, which is really hard to account for when you're just, I'll just have another glass of boxed wine and then another glass. Like, I don't know how many boxes of wine I'm going through a week, but it's more than one box. So that had to change. And for me to break a habit, I normally need to like hijack the system and replace it with something else. So um, two months ago during a call like this, I would probably have like a nice glass of red wine and just be enjoying this whole conversation. Well, I'm kind of taking a break from all of that. So I like hacked by system and now I drink Topo Chico mineral waters and they're delicious. They're amazing. It makes me feel like I have something fancy, you know, for some guys it's, you know, hiring me to help keep them accountable. Like literally I call them to make sure they're warming up and if they can't do it, they experience guilt and that helps hack their internal system to get them off their butts and, and doing a workout consistently. Um, you know, for, for others, it's just that idea that like, I can do anything for 30 to 45 minutes. I can do anything. And if they'll just sample it for like a week um, and realize like, oh, in 30 to 45 minutes, I can get a better workout than I did when I was trying to commit, you know, an hour to a treadmill, like at a moderate, not even moderate pace. Um, so I think it's, to answer that, that long question, it's if guys can, can carve out that little bit of time, experience an intense, challenging workout, that kicks their butt in like often 30 minutes or less, they go on with the rest of their day feeling that, like the, the positive 
hormones to kick into their system after they've had their asses handed to them at 5.30 in the morning in their own basement. You know, and the other thing that, the, the other thing I, that just came up in my head was going back to that idea of community. Um, you know, they, they often post their workouts into the group to just share with others, like I had no idea 50 rounds was gonna kill me and it did. And it's a selfie of them laying on the floor dead. And they get, you know, having a community that is like, that's awesome, high five, like literally to see people suffering and have that celebrated constantly over and over and over again. And there's, I have two or 300 people in the Facebook group that are just observers. They just watch. And every once in a while, they'll chime in and be like, oh, I totally remember that workout. Like they're, they're watching and they're observing and they're experiencing the community of that, which also helps reinforce just that. Man, suffering briefly feels so good, especially when I have all these other people cheering me on. Um, and for the rest of the day, this feels better than nothing. This feels way better than nothing. So one thing that Amy and I always talk about is, you know, the barrier of entry to CrossFit and how do we get more people in the door? Have you um, worked with any clients who started out just working out at home when you've got them to actually go to a, a CrossFit gym or join a box? Uh, I, I haven't. Um, I lose them as a client at that point, but I would strong, if they want to actually, if they want to, they do. In fact, I'll say this, I have a number of clients. This is a, this is a more accurate answer. <laughs> um, I have a number of clients that took a break from their CrossFit um, gym because of COVID that started working out with me and they actually are still following uh, my program and going back to their gym. Um, so they've, they've enjoyed this. They've enjoyed this community. They've almost, now they've developed this new community and they don't want to abandon this community for this community. So now they're kind of taking advantage of both communities. Uh, but I've, uh, you know, if anybody did move in that direction and when they do, I'm like, man, tell me your workouts. This is awesome. Cause we're, you know, some of us are doing the same workouts in, in CrossFit gyms and some of them um, are doing the CrossFit open, which comes up in the announcement is in two days. So exciting. Uh, but I have, I have a number of clients that have registered for the open because they, they, wanted to do it for years. They dabbled in CrossFit. Now they're fit human beings that have worked out at home for the last six months or a year, and they're going to do the CrossFit Open. Uh, they, some of them have access to a gym. Some of them don't have access to a gym. But what's cool this year about CrossFit is they're providing the in-gym option, the at-home option, the equipment-free option. So it doesn't matter. My guys are going to get to compete in the CrossFit Open along with me. And that's a pretty pretty fun thing for them. And we can all do this. I made CrossFit open shirts, you know, Jason Grubb fitness, CrossFit open shirts. It's kind of, kind of fun. Um, and they, uh, yeah, a, a handful of them have gone back to CrossFit gyms, um, but have continued. And I think that's great, especially knowing that they're not going back to CrossFit, um, or entering CrossFit from scratch. They can, because one of my, best-selling programs is a, is a minimal equipment at home uh, workout program. So it's just a pair of dumbbells. So when the CrossFit Open has a dumbbell as one of its key um, pieces of equipment, these guys are going to crush the dumbbell work. Like they've got it. They'll, they might beat me in the CrossFit, in the, in the dumbbell work. Like they are ruthless with dumbbells, um, you know, and we'll see what else happens, what else gets announced, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, developing that base layer is so, so, so helpful for when you walk into a CrossFit gym. And it also mitigates that potential for injury because now you've got this base layer of overall fitness. Even if you just did bodyweight workouts for a month, you have this base 
layer of movement and ability that now you had a 45 pound barbell, man, it's, it's not going to be terrible. And are you competing or doing competitions and, and all that? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I'm, um, super excited about the open. Um, for me, I, I aged up this year into a, a age group. I'm 45 to 49 now. So I'm young in that age group. It's a wonderful opportunity. Um, every, every like every five years we get this new opportunity. I'm like, I'm young. I'm, I'm young in this, in this, uh, old man age group, but, uh, I'm excited about that. And the open should be great. I'll qualify for the online qualifier, which is in early May. And that's a weekend of panic and anxiety, straight up panic. Um, the, the qualifier, you take 900 or so, give or take 800 people now this year that will qualify for that. And it's going to narrow down to the top 20. The top 20 get to go to the CrossFit Games. And I, I have strong hopes that I get to go back and compete again this year. Head up to Wisconsin because it's just so beautiful in late July and August. It's the only time I've been there. It's like the best place in the world in late July and August that I've ever Strongly agree. Of. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so uh, the AGOQ, the online qualifier, it's a Thursday through a Monday, and this is the beginning of May. They release five or six workouts, and, and I'm literally chasing ghosts. I have no idea. Everyone that I talk to, everyone that's online, everyone goes silent because this is for the game. So I am selling my soul five or six workouts, maybe even repeating a couple of them. And at the end of the day on that Monday, all the scores are submitted and validated. And you just hope like, oh my, I've done this lots of years now. Three years not qualifying, two years qualifying. This year, we'll just have to see, fingers crossed. And then go to the games, see you guys there, obviously, because we, we all have to go. It, we'll all be vaccinated. The whole world will be open. Everything's gonna be fine. And we're gonna go suffer in a community of, of fit human beings. We're ready in Madison for sure. The yeah. winter's slowly going away. So at least at least we got that going for us. Well, I, in, in Denver here, we have had four or five days of 65 degree weather. It's amazing. We potentially might have two feet of snow on Saturday. So I'm done. I'm ready for summer. I'm ready, ready, ready. Yeah, it's been nice here, but it's definitely going to snow again and probably <laughs> times after that too. So Jason, I'm interested to know what would be your advice for somebody who, you know, might be in their mid to late thirties who wants to start doing fitness, but they just don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, um, you know, you, for someone in their late thirties, you have to decide what, what you can commit, what kind of time commitment can you, uh, give towards fitness? Uh, because it does take time. Like you, you have to do it. It's, it's time and consistency, period. Um, so if you can give your time to a community, to a class, um, then schedule it, get it on the calendar, go be a beginner. Um, it's okay. It's just, it's just how it is. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be amazing. Just go find a gym. And I, there's nothing wrong with testing out a couple of gyms to find a gym where you feel welcomed, you feel connected. You see other people with the, with gray in their hair. If you have gray in your hair, like just, you know, you're looking for people that are similar. If you walk into a gym and it's full of like, you know, 20 year old beefcakes, um, it may be the place for you, but may not. I, you know, you just kind of have to find what fits for you. And, uh, you know, even be patient enough to allow yourself to, to trust the coaches. Uh, if they, if they're helping you move well, they're correcting you often, you're in the right place. 
They're not focusing on you. They're not, they're not trying to be hard. They're trying to make sure you're safe. And if they're doing that, you're in a good place and stay consistent. Um, if you are struggling with time and you can't commit that, that hour across, there's no CrossFit classes. They're really less than an hour. There's some that are like half hour in and out boot camp kind of things, but to get a real quality workout, man, we really need like 45 minutes of time. Um, but there's lots of online programs as well that will take you by the hand um, and, and help you get towards your goals. And kind of depends on, yeah, what, what your life looks like. For my clients, um, some of them have equipment at home that, you know, they've outfitted their entire garage with a CrossFit gym and they're just trying to figure out how to work out at home. That's super fun. So I have a full gym program. Some guys, they do, they have a pair of dumbbells. They're like I have these dumbbells from 1982, they're all metal. Perfect, man, let's dust those things off and let's, let's get to work. Um, but regardless, you, you wanna find a program with someone that you resonate with. And uh, this morning, the, the person that uh, I, I did chat with who is signing up for uh, a Ditch the Dad Bod Challenge that I have coming up next week, he, uh, he was like, yeah, Jason, I've, I've, watched, you know, I've watched multiple videos, um, even your client interviews on YouTube. This guy committed three to four hours of time in research to have a conversation with me about a $50 program. Like, you know, like that's odd. There's guys that just buy $50 programs all day long and don't do anything. And you have someone like that. He's like, I, after watching you, I totally resonate with you. That's perfect. Not everyone's going to resonate with me. And you're not going to always resonate with an online trainer or, or someone's gym. Find, take your time, find the one that you resonate with and then commit to it. Like, this isn't like a one month thing. This isn't, you're not going to get from point A to point B in one month. From point A to point B in six months, you're going to make a lot of progress in six months. In a year, you're going to be a new person. In five years, you won't even recognize yourself. Um, and that's, for me, people ask me like, well, did you, you know, did you set out to, for a life change? Well, not really. Like at the initial, I just wanted to get, I just wanted a good workout. Then like three or four months into doing CrossFit, I remember specifically I was doing a running workout. It was like running in pull-ups or something like that. And nine o'clock in the morning, the angle of the sun behind me as I, as I ran out, looped around this 400 meter spot and ran back, I'm looking at my shadow as I'm running back. And the shadow has shoulders. And I was like, what is, are those my shoulders? Like I literally thought it was an illusion on the ground because I hadn't been overly paying attention to what was going on in my body. Um, but I had shoulders. And yeah, I mean, I did do just a bunch of, put. it must've been push-ups and burpees and pull-ups or I don't know, something that made my shoulders a little swollen. Uh, but it was super exciting. Like seeing my own shadow, like, ah, I'm like four months in, I have shoulders. This is really interesting. Okay, and like that, it would certainly fuel like, okay, I've got shoulders. Let's see what these look like in the mirror. Oh, I do have some shoulders. Um, I'm going to keep this up. I, I wasn't planning on turning into a CrossFit Games athlete. I just wanted to not die in my 50s. I just didn't want to be thick. I didn't want to be diabetic and overweight and addicted to everything that I walk across, um, whether it's tobacco or alcohol or food or Doritos, which are amazing, by the way. Um, I don't want to be addicted to all those things. Anyway, uh, coming back, find something and stick with it. And I, I, I talk to my guys about this all the time and anyone I work with, um, and anyone that's out there, if they're like, how, how did you get so just consistent? I've always been consistent. Um, I eat consistently, I sleep consistently. It makes me feel good to have that rhythm in my life. And um, I train consistently. Um, in the last seven years, I'm 45, so six and a half years, um, I've trained you know, five days a week 
uh, every week because it's just who I am. That's just what I do. I feel good when I do that. Uh, I took a break uh, for a week after the CrossFit Games in 2018. I took a break for a week after the Games in 2019. And I did trek in Nepal for, for four weeks to, to Everest Base Camp in 2019. And technically I didn't really work out. I wasn't doing any kind of CrossFit uh, in the Himalayas that for that month. Uh, but besides that, um, I've just been active. And even when I travel, like I feel better if I get a workout in on the beach in Cancun prior to just hanging out on the beach. Like 150 burpees for time sets me up for a good day. Like, I just feel better that way. Uh, or if I'm traveling and I've got a hotel gym, man, you know, <laughs> all, all hotel gyms have dumbbells. So we can, we can do things with dumbbells. It just becomes kind of part of, part of that life when you're consistent, then it's, it's not one of my, you know, there's no decision fatigue. It's not, am I going to work out today? Do I have time to work out today? It's no, I work out today at like one. That's what I do. And that's what we're going for. And it takes time to do that. So to set yourself up for success, it's got to be on the calendar and you just got to show up. And if you need someone to call you, I'll call you. You can hire me. I'll call you. It's super fun to, to call guys that have just gotten out of bed and they're getting ready to warm up. Um, it's not scalable in any way as a business, but I don't mind calling a few clients at a time right now. <laughs> so Jason, where can people find you if they're interested in working with you besides in Madison for the games this year? Obviously in Madison for the games this year. I mean, I'm, there's come hell or high water, I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> we'll be there. Um, but you can find me jasongrub.com. It's no hyphens, no dashes. G-R-U-B-B is the last name, jasongrub.com. Everything is there. And that links to all my socials and all of the content. And from there, you can always schedule a call with me. I take calls all the time, whether we're talking about like seasoned athletes, just wanting to figure out how to get to the games. I love having that conversation and I've got time for that. Or someone that has no idea how to get started. We do that too. I'm, I'm pretty laid back and just love connecting with people. Awesome. Well, we're not going to take too much of your time, but guys, check out Jason. He's a great guy. Um, Amy and I have known him for a while, and um, I follow him on Instagram, and his content is amazing. He motivates me daily, so be sure to check him out.